Hey everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, James? It's going pretty good. How about you? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, you want to start this thing off and go over any closing or opening trade you had? Yeah, so I had a bunch of closers and a bunch of stuff that expired because it was the uh, November monthlies this past Friday. Um, and I did really good on the monthlies. Um, I got a 10% return, which was pretty nice. Um, so again, the monthlies work out good for me. Um, kind of got screwed a little bit on the weeklies, uh, nothing terrible, but I did take a 4% loss on my weekly contracts. Um, some of the stuff I was trading got a little crazy. Um, a few tickers in particular, let me look here that got me, I think of one of them was, I think it's UPST. Let me see here for a couple trades that, um, yeah, UPST was one of them that got me for sure because they made a, I think they were making a big move down and I sold the put spread and they blew through it. So I was like, ah, I'm going to sell another put spread because usually, you know, once something uh, goes deep in the money like that, you can go out and, and sell an additional position and, you know, things will kind of rebound and uh, things will be kind of cyclical, and that did not happen with UPSD. They just kept bleeding, so I actually took two losses uh, on them to the downside, and then um, I don't think anything else got me like that. But I did. I do know that another ticker, uh, Mara or Mara, what is that? Marathon Digital or something? Yeah, Marathon Digital Holdings. They blew up on me fast. Um, I sold puts on them. They were making a huge move down. I forget. I think it was on Monday. They were down like 10 or 15% or something crazy. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to have to sell puts on this thing. And uh, they blew through it really quick. But after that happened, I went and sold another put spread and went max profit on that. So they were kind of cyclical um, and kind of found a bottom and started to rally. Um so, yeah, the weeklies kind of sucked for me, but the monthlies were good again. Um, and then what was the, I think the only other thing I got into, well, I started to build out Januaries, I guess, January monthlies. Um, so I went, let's see here. What did I do for January? I see December here. Yeah, so I hit RG. Um, they've been dying off pretty good lately, so I went put side there. Um, my short put is 65, so RG for January, and then what else here for January? I think ARKK was another one. Yeah, so ARKK, same thing. I went on the put side. They've been kind of dying off lately. Um, so my short is 106 on ARKK for January, and this one had some weird fractional pricing on the strike, so... My short is 106 and my long is 102.96, which is kind of weird, but pretty much a three wide there. Um, and then, what did I hit for? Well, maybe that's all I had on. Well, it's kind of weird because I'm usually getting on more than that for the 
um, for the monthly stuff. Um, but one other trade I did get into is I went long space because I saw they fell below 18. And I think I was texting you about it. And I'm like, man, they're probably going to go lower because I can see I think they're low uh, on the daily is like 14 and a half or something. Let me pull it up here. Yeah, 1427. Um, they hit that low in May during that nasty market sell off we had in May. So I know they've been lower, but looking at the RSI on the daily, they're right at that oversold level. So I was just like, man, I, you know, been kind of caught before thinking something's going to go lower and lower and lower. And then it like explodes and I kind of miss out, you know, on the bottom or near the bottom. So I just figured, you know, go long now. Um, and then if they do bleed out a couple more bucks, you know, it's not going to be a huge deal. So, um, yeah, I did go long space as well. Um, so that was an, another opening position for me this past week. Can I just pull up Space's ticker, and uh, now might be a good time to go long, like some sort of leap. <laughs> They're at 6.1 on the IV percentile. Um, and, oh yeah, so like <laughs> when we were talking about it, I, I think they're for sure going to hit that low and go mm. test that just mm. because of all the, the bad news, like, you know, the... <laughs> Uh, they're not going to be taking flights for another year and all this crap. So I think they're for sure going to hit that low, but man, it'd be a good time to go some uh, leap options on these suckers. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah. The options are probably cheap as hell right now. If you want to go out and buy. Yeah. Um, let me pull up my stuff. I only had, <clears throat> sorry, I only had three trades closing this week. But now that I stopped being a greedy pig like I was, I went for, uh, three for three on these. That nice. was a call spread I had on ARKG. Uh, I had a call spread on FSLY. And then I had a put spread on JD. And that one was stressing me out because they had earnings coming up. And I was telling you, two days before earnings, I got to closed out at 44% profit. And I was like, no, man, I want 50%. So I put the order in to buy back at 50% profit. And right right after that, two days uh, going into earnings, they started selling off. And I was like, well, now I'm at a slight loss. So I'm rolling the dice. Like, I'm just, let's see. Hopefully they have good earnings. And apparently they did. I didn't read anything about it. I don't care what their earnings were. I'm just looking at price action. But they just blasted off and went uh, max profit on all three of those. Nice. Yeah, that's like me sometimes. I'm not really looking at the news. I'm just like, ah, this thing's got a 70% chance. <laughs> I'm going to put it on and like I don't even care or sometimes I don't even know they have earnings. And then I find out later, oh, crap, they had earnings. But, you know, usually works out. <laughs> yeah, I need to expand on my charts on uh, TOS. I have, I think it's a week um, forward. Like it's just blank, but it'll show you if they have earnings. But I need to expand that a little more because I'm not typically selling just one week options. So I knew I need to expand that so I won't get into situations like JD, like it worked out for me this time. But typically doing earnings plays have bit me in the ass. So I need to, you know, make sure that things don't have earnings before I'm jumping into stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I don't put any extra space at the front of my chart. And that would be really cool because, you know, we've seen it before where 
these tickers have went on stupid rallies right before earnings and then they have these huge dumps that might be a pretty good setup you know if you see something like ripping super hard and then you see earnings coming up you know that might be a good a good uh short position you know typically over the past year it seems like things going into earnings if they make a fat move higher going into earnings, when they have earnings, they have a big sell-off. Or the opposite happens where, you know, things are dumping going into earnings. And then surprise, surprise, you know, they had better than expected earnings and they rally hard. But the only one I can think of that uh, is different than that, that I've played anyways, is PayPal. Because those guys can't find a freaking bottom. Yeah, that's it's getting pretty ugly there. And I think I, was, I think I was texting you about it that I'm probably going to go out and sell another spread because this is just stupid. Like they already hit like. Was it this past week or the week before that they hit like 21 on the RSI on the daily and they bounced a little bit. And I mean, look at those last three candles. It's just like, geez, they, these guys got to find a bottom. Yeah, I don't even I'm going to actually draw the line real quick and see because i know the sell-off going into earnings was like 18 percent, so i don't even know what the hell it is at this point a 29 percent dump wow yeah this is pretty pretty crazy and you know the crappy thing is i guarantee they hit uh 180 at this point that's like the only other area where they had any sort of support so i guarantee they keep on freaking dump until they hit 180 and then rally off of that yeah, let me take a look here just out of curiosity. What is the oh wow, they claim that's a 90% chance of success if you were to sell that 180 put for Friday. Um, yeah, I'm probably not gonna go that far away because it doesn't pay much, but I'll probably have to come in a little closer. But yeah, I think I'm gonna just uh take my chances because man look at those last five candles <laughs> that's ridiculous at least like some profit taking and it like rally up a little bit even if it's going to keep dumping you know if it's if it expires friday i think i'm gonna have to take that chance yeah i was thinking about it too because when i got my shares i was like it's freaking paypal man i'll hold on forever i don't care you know they're gonna be back to all-time highs at some point and then i was thinking about it and Back when they were kind of running the world, online shopping, you know, you if you bought anything online, you either used a credit card or PayPal. And now there are so many options. So that I think that's what that one short seller was talking about. And it makes sense. But he had some stupid price target for him. But, uh, so, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm a little worried about holding my PayPal shares now. Yeah, that's true. They have all these uh, buy now, pay later things going on and yeah it's a lot more venmo and all kinds of stuff so yeah it's definitely things have changed for sure yeah i'm gonna wait if they dump past 180 i'm gonna get out and just cut my losses at that point but i think you know they'll probably hit that and have a nice rally and i'm assuming their short interest is fairly high <laughs> with the 29 percent dump that's not all just you know people getting out of shares yeah, eventually people are probably going to like this price. And, you know, with like you're saying, with that short interest, they're probably going to have a nice bump. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, so do you want to start this topic off? Yeah. Um, so for this week, 
we were just talking about uh you know what to talk about on this episode and uh before we got on here to record and we we're just thinking that maybe it would be good to just kind of cover some of the things um that we've experienced and you know some things that have kind of worked for us and some things that have not worked for us and just kind of like some do's and don'ts um when it comes to trading and i know a lot of this stuff like it's definitely specific to like our experience but i you know i know in general it's probably going to help a lot of people as well um, especially people that might be newer to trading or they might have some questions about different strategies or you know different trade entries or trade exits and things like that and um, i can definitely say like for me um, what i've learned one of the big things uh, a big don't you know and that's one of the things that really uh, helps you to learn in the markets is when you lose money um, and if you start to do it consistently especially early on in your trading um, those are some of the best lessons and like one big one for me is you know buying op i don't buy a lot of options anymore um, but when i was you know, one don't that I learned was not, you know, don't buy um, options when implied volatility is through the roof. Like if, you know, you're going to be buying, like wait until IV is low. And I'm pretty sure we talked about this on a different episode, but um, that's a big one for me. Like you were just talking about space. That's a great example earlier that the IV is so low right now, like you're saying, now's the time to be buying leaps. Now's the time to be going long calls and stuff because the IV is so low, the pricing on the options is a lot better. You're going to be able to get into that position um, versus a time when space is like super volatile and people are expecting these huge moves. Um, you know, at that point, you're going to be paying a lot more for your options. And I don't... Uh, know for sure but i'm guessing when they made that rip to like 60 dollars earlier in the year um, i guess an implied volatility was a little higher after an insane move like that and you know that would not for me that would not be a good time to go out and buy a call on space um for more than one reason <laughs> but that's another one i can say in my experience that i learned uh that's helped me a lot too is not to be buying uh, or going along when something is overbought uh, on the daily chart or the weekly chart, because, you know, those things just don't, those kinds of runs just don't last. Sometimes they can stay pretty extended, especially on things like indexes and futures. Um, you know, we all know how NASDAQ acts. Sometimes it can stay up in that overbought area for a while, but eventually, that tablecloth gets pulled out and, you know, everything kind of comes crashing down. So like, um, you know, that's another don't for me that's helped me. And I know you can like for sure make money when things are overbought. I'm not going to say that like you can't. Uh, sometimes things get into that overbought range and they pull back a little bit and then they keep ripping. Uh, but my, you know, my success in directional trading and like going long stuff, um, I don't buy stuff that's in, in the overbought area because I just know that at any time it's going to come crashing down. And when it does, 
you know, it usually comes down pretty hard. I mean, looking at the PayPal chart right now, when it hit 31016, the high on the weekly chart, it was right there at 70 RSI. And, you know, look what happened. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that happens. Um, so for me, those are a couple big ones for sure. You know, I don't like to buy stuff when it's overextended to the upside. Um, and I don't like to buy, you know, if I am going to be buying, which I don't do a lot of anymore, I don't want to buy um, when implied volatility is high. Yeah, that's the episode we did on, I think it was IV, because that's exactly why you don't go long when IV is super high, because you're, you literally, the price could be sitting you get dojis across the board for a week straight and you're just losing money, losing money. And you're wondering, you know, well, the prices hasn't changed. What the hell's going on? I'm losing money. It's because you, you bought the spike on IV and now your option is worth a whole lot less. So yeah, that's a huge don't is don't buy things when IV is spiked through the roof. Um, yeah. A couple things for me that I learned is uh, I I used to like try and force trade. So I think people need to just don't over trade. And what I mean by that is don't, you know, think, okay, I, I have like a hundred extra dollars in my account right now. And I'm not invested in anything. So I'm going to find something. I got to get this money in play and that I've done that before. And it's forced me into kind of forcing a trade where I was like, eh, it's not like the perfect setup. But it's pretty good. And you always have to remember cash is a position. Like you don't have to have everything in invested in your account. Like you can just let things ride until you have a really good setup. Uh and then put your money in play. Cause it's bit me so many times where I'm and it's not that I see, you know, okay, I got some cash in my account. I gotta get this thing in something. It's that I'm trying to make my cash work for me and I don't know how to explain it. I'm trying to get, uh, gain some sort of capital off of the money I have. And I can't just let that. Well, I used to not just let that money sit there and I kind of forced my hand on some stuff. It's bit me a few times. Now I don't do it. If I don't see a trade that I like, I'm not doing it. I, the only times I'm losing money now is if I'm kind of experimenting, uh, with new trade strategies that's another uh, one of my things on my list is having a plan and sticking to it. And that's something I struggled with a lot is I'll go into a trade and I'll be, you know, say I'm looking at the PayPal chart right now. I've been looking at PayPal. I'm long PayPal. And I'm like, OK, this thing's going to hit 180. I think it's going to hit 180. So I shouldn't be long PayPal right now. I should be or if I am long. I should be selling uh, calls, you know, I don't know, maybe 30 deltas or something at this point, because in my mind, I think it's I think PayPal's going to 180. It's going to test that before it starts to make a rally up. But I, I didn't stick. I didn't have a plan going in, so I didn't really not stick to my plan it, with PayPal. I was just like, no, this dump is way too ridiculous. I'm going long. But if you have a plan going into it, like it, I should have with PayPal, seen you know where price had kind of settled down where some support and resistance was uh i wouldn't have gone long before uh earnings especially 
but it was all kind of just, you know, seeing that massive 18% dump and uh, kind of jumping into it. But, you know, you, you got to have a plan before you put your trades on. And you, I think the more important thing is sticking to it. And one really big one, because I, uh, I'll watch things on YouTube and stuff. And there are so many trading gurus on YouTube and TikTok and Facebook and every every sort of social media right now where they will get you 3,000% gains in a month and this crap. And it is so annoying. Like my wife, one of her friends, uh, put out a mass, I think it was on Instagram, saying that she gave this chick a 1,000 bucks and... I believe she said it was two days later, 10,000 bucks in her account. And I'm like, nope, nope, that's not, don't even think about it. Because my wife was like, is this real? But like, no, it's not real. <laughs> it's probably not even her posting that. There's no freaking way. There's If if her friend did get $10,000 off of that $1,000 investment, it's the biggest pyramid scam ever. And she got people signed up. And they keep on getting people piled into this thing. And sooner or later, the rug gets pulled and everyone loses their freaking money. So don't believe anyone that just shows you, oh, my God, I'm up a thousand percent on the week. It, it's not true. They're full of crap. If they don't show you all of their trades, if they don't show you their P&L or even mention that they had a losing trade, don't trust them one bit. Yeah, that's a good point there, because if it was that easy, I think everybody would already know about it and everybody would just be doing it and we would all be billionaires. And, you know, if you could get those kind of returns that quickly, um, yeah, that's not, not going to be a secret and <laughs> everybody's going to be doing it. And yeah, uh, things just don't work that way. If it, uh, sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. So yeah, I remember you were mentioning that to me and it's like, yeah, what's, you know, what's really going on here is just like just straight up BS or, you know, there's definitely something shady um, with something like that. And uh, I think you brought up a good point too, which is definitely something for me as well is forcing trades. Like for me, that's one of the things I really had to learn too is you don't always need to be getting into something if you're not comfortable with it. Like sometimes, you know, especially if you're trading directionally, patience is really key. Like say on PayPal, it's doing, you know, it has this insane dump. This thing is just bleeding out super hard. It doesn't seem to find a bottom. But what if this week it bleeds down to that 180 level? You know, the sellers try to drive it down below that and it like leaves a fat wick sticking out on the daily. And then the next day is like a big, you know, bull candle and this thing starts to rip. You know, that might be the confirmation you need to be like, OK, I actually see some type of a reversal going on here or possible reversal. Um, you know, so I I learned that, too, just like uh, sometimes it's good to be patient, um, especially on those directional trades and. You know, you don't always need to be getting into uh, trades like, you know, especially some of my like swing trades and stuff and my futures trades that I've done uh, recently and have been very successful. It's because I've been patient. Like there was a huge market sell off um, in May. And I know that's where I went long uh, 
I think it was Fisker at that time. Let me see here, because they dipped, yeah. So in May, we had that nasty market sell-off. And once Fisker dipped below 10, I was just like, this is too freaking cheap. Like, you know, I got to go. But when they were up at 31, 30, 29, 28, and, you know, they're having that big sell-off, I was just like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get in yet. Like, they're still moving down. They're trending down, like, you know, throughout April and all that stuff. And then they finally got down. Well, I mean, they even hit late April into the oversold area. But then when they hit it again and got under 10, like, uh, you know, that's where I saw a price I couldn't pass up. And like, that's one of the things I've learned too on those directional things is like, sometimes I might be hanging out on a particular ticker, like whether it's like NASDAQ futures or space or Fisker or whatever, I might just be hanging out for a couple months waiting until I see what I need to see. So like not forcing trades and being patient. I think that's like a really big one for me. I just learned as well. Like you can't always just be going long stuff. Like if you do, you're going to lose a lot of money because the markets are cyclical and, you know, you know, people on Reddit might tell you that stocks only go up, but you know, if you're in the markets for, you know, a very short amount of time, you're going to learn that uh, you can't always just be buying stuff. Yeah. You know what I should have included in that guru thing is don't listen to Reddit. <laughs> it because those guys, my God, man, and I think I feel like I mention it every week where I'll go over into the Weevil uh, comments or Reddit and these guys that are in this super crappy penny stocks that do just pump and dump stocks. No one knew what the hell they were before. They got into it before it hit the Reddit board and they're all just over there. Well, I looked at the fundamentals and this is a great company and it's like, no, you Oh my god, it's so freaking infuriating, man! Every every pump and dump stock. If you, uh, I implore anyone go uh, to our website wstrades.com, download the uh, if you use Thinkorswim, the unusual volume scanner, and then when that thing starts pumping, which it does, it picks up stuff that is making or gonna make a fat rally or a massive dump. Just go over on uh, Reddit and type that in, and I guarantee there's five billion bag holders over there bitching about how great this company is, and you know why is this price coming down? And it's yeah, again, no gurus, don't listen to, <laughs> to Reddit guys, apes, no, no, don't listen to any of them. You have your plan, you do your research, and you trade accordingly, which I feel is kind of. Uh, hypocritical because i'm like don't listen to people on the internet but we're talking on the internet but we don't tell you me and james have never once told anyone hey go long this this is a great company uh this thing's gonna hit the moon we just give our advice what we see on the charts and we'll give our analysis on that but we've never been like no you gotta hold hold everyone buy right now no me and james will never do that so if if that's what you're into, you need someone to tell you when to buy or sell, then, you know, maybe you need to go to Weevil or Reddit. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, we're never going to come out and tell you to buy AMC and then, like, you get to choose the price as long as you hold. Like, you can sell it for a billion. You can sell it for $10 billion a share. You're in control, man, because you're just going to hold. So, um 
yeah, that's a good point too, that we're just like you, a lot of the times we give analysis and we kind of say, like you're saying on PayPal, I think it's going to find a bottom at 180. I'm going to be keeping an eye on that level. Like, you know, this is what I'm seeing, but we're not out there saying, Hey, buy this, sell that. We're going to make you a thousand percent in a week. Um, so yeah, I think those are some, you know, really good points there too. And, um, yeah, I think you brought up um, another good point there about the whole cash thing. Like maybe, you know, some people are out there just trying to leverage their entire account or, you know, always have their entire account on the line. But, you know, it's also a good thing, like you're saying, to not trade your entire account and actually have some cash aside. And, you know, one of the situations that I think that can become very key and you know they don't happen that often but when we have these complete market collapses if you have all your capital in something and you don't have any cash sitting there you know you're not going to be able to buy a lot of stuff at these crazy discounts like you know with the coronavirus crash you know we had all these deals out there and you know if you blew yourself up or blew your account and didn't have any cash to trade with, like you're going to miss out on the deal of a decade, most likely, you know, because these drawdowns typically happen, you know, every 10, 15 years or so, um, sometimes a little shorter because we had that, you know, 2000 to 2008 stretch or so. But um, yeah, it's, you know, not always, or, you know, it's not a great idea to have everything tied up somewhere to where if we have one of those collapses or at least have your portfolio balanced in a way, that if the markets tank, you're not going to be completely out of the game and you're going to have something there so you can scoop up some of these, you know, crazy deals. Yeah. And if you're long stock, like if, if you don't trade options and you're just uh, trading stock, I'm assuming like going along for most people, um, have your stops in. Because if you would have had your stops in like during the COVID crash, you would have been at a slight or more than likely at some sort of gain because the market was just ripping before that. But then you would have got stopped out. Then you would have been cash and been sitting on the sidelines while things were just limit down every day. And then you could have used your cash, like you were saying to jump back into things. But yeah, as an option trader staying pretty balanced like this week, I had three trades on uh, two were bearish. One was bullish like the weeks that have really messed me up was when I assume I know where the market's going and I'm like, okay, I'm just looking for uh, bullish plays or I'm just looking for bearish plays instead of looking at the charts and being like, okay, this seems like it's going to make a rally. So, you know, I need to sell some puts. It, it was when I was thinking I knew where the market was going and just everything was hedged one way that those are the weeks that really screwed me over. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that too, and I'm glad you brought that up because that um, is a major one for me too. Never, you know, for me, uh, for sure, is never assume I think I know what's going to happen tomorrow because <laughs> definitely what I've learned in the markets is things will just flip on a dime. And, you know, as we were talking, the COVID crash is a perfect example of that. I mean, we were just pretty much in a bull run uh, since the 08 dive and nothing 
you know, in the charts or anything was really telling anybody that, you know, this virus was going to be released on the world and, you know, the world economy was going to tank and it just came out of nowhere. So, I mean, that's a big one for me too, is like, and that's why I do a lot of neutral option selling too, because, you know, yeah, I can read charts and I could do analysis and I could try to, you know, have an idea of where something might go. But like at the end of the day, anything could happen. These like major world events uh, can happen like COVID and for particular stocks and stuff, especially like lawsuits can come out of nowhere and just completely crush anything. I mean, nothing is really safe. Um, so, yeah, that's another thing too. like definitely trade in a way that gives you a little bit of leeway and don't think you know, that you know what's going to happen tomorrow because like, you know, NASDAQ could dive 2% tomorrow or it could rip another 1%. Like nobody knows and anybody that tells you they know is full of it. I don't know. I saw a bunch of dudes on Reddit telling me that the market was going to collapse next week. Well, that's that's different. (laughs) That's why I went long SQQQ. Those guys have got a real good beat on it. Fun wear to, you know, 500. (laughs) I'm still waiting for my AMC shares to hit five trillion or whatever the last post was. I keep seeing people on the YouTube channel talking about the AMC mother of all short squeezes and keep talking about it. And I'm like, well, coming. Supposedly, these people are saying it's coming, but then they start making comments where they sound angry that I'm <laughs> covering other stocks and even crypto. They're like, stop playing around with you know these <laughs> other assets. And I'm like, well. It doesn't matter if you know the future, you know, the short squeeze is coming. What does it matter if I put some money over into, you know, SHIB or put some money into space or somewhere else? Like, and then I realized as people are so full of it. That, I, that Well, that's back to the whole Reddit and guru crap is everyone in AMC now. I don't I honestly AMC could squeeze to the moon, but I don't see it happening because of. Well, it's twofold. It could squeeze to the moon because of the apes, and it could not squeeze ever because of the apes, because these guys are all saying, you know, we hold shares, and allegedly the uh, CEO, well, not allegedly, he did come out and say that, like, 90% of all shares are in a crap load of individual uh, traders' portfolios, so it's not like one big institution has the majority so it works both ways. If you're just holding shares, price isn't going to move. If there's, you know, the float's freaking taken up, no one's trading it, then it's not going to move at all. So you're not going to have that pump to get the shorts to cover. But, you know, that same fold is that's why the shorts can't cover is because you sucked up the float. So it's like, I don't know, man, I'm I'm still holding AMC shares what happens happens i'm not particularly worried about it i'm just holding them i'm not looking at the chart too much anymore i have an alert set that if they hit 10 billion to sell but you know besides that i'm just holding i'm aping out well you get to choose your price from some people tell me right so <laughs> if you want to sell for 10 billion i think you just have to wait right and eventually you're going to get whatever price you want it's the easiest trading strategy ever. Hold <laughs> hold until you <laughs> you want to sell. Okay. Makes hold. Sense. Yeah, hold so the thing uh trades straight sideways. 
<laughs> oh man but yeah i don't know those are definitely some of the big ones i think and i'm glad you brought up some of those other ones too because i totally forgot to bring those up and they definitely apply to my experience too yeah and that's uh I'd probably end on this is just trade small if you're doing like a new strategy and just learn like don't put yourself all into anything you know, like even if it's just apple um like not even talking about any of these pump and dumps but if you don't put everything you have into one stock uh or one etf whatever just diversify and you know you're gonna make mistakes you're not gonna win all your trades but just learn and don't trade in such a way where you're just gonna blow your account up if it doesn't go your way so i don't know that's some of the stuff i i've learned over the years of losing money yeah, that's a good point for me as well. That whole, you know, uh, being diversified and not putting your capital all in one place is great too, because that one trade goes against you, you know, and then you just blew your account. So, yeah, that one's a big one too. Yeah, you know, it just made me, made me think of a while ago <laughs> when I didn't really care about my account. I, re I remember having almost 100% of my account in some penny stock. I don't remember what it was, but how stressful that that was for me. <laughs> Just knowing that I had everything into this, I think it was trading for like a buck 50 or something like that. I had my entire account invested in this thing, just thinking, okay, this thing's going to rip. And I never told you this, but that was off of, um, oh God, some online thing that I had signed up for and uh, he gave trade entries and stuff every morning and he was saying that this thing was going to rip mm -hmm. and I kind of figured it out and that's why I, I don't trust these gurus I don't tr I like that's why it, one of the main reasons why I don't you know I used to sell the scanners and stuff on our website why I don't do it is because I don't want like this sour taste in people's mouth I we do what we do. Like we started this whole podcast website, YouTube, all this crap is because me and you used to talk about the stock market anyways. So we figured out, oh, might as well record it and, you know, see if anyone listens. But what he was doing is he was going for these super low float companies. And then he'd put out this alert. Oh, bye, bye, bye. And he'd already be positioned. Mm -hmm. So once all of his followers bought, price just spikes through the roof because this is a company that you know there's a low float uh there was no uh volume ever on these companies it was all these weird companies i've never heard of so he's <laughs> positioned and he tells everyone go buy shoots the price to the moon and he's like all right take your profits right now and he's already taking his profits that's why oh man he's freaking gurus dude <laughs> oh man some some real manipulation <laughs> some hedge funds and crap <laughs> all right man uh did you have any tickers you were looking at getting into next week yeah um definitely uh gonna be doing some of the january monthly still building those positions out um looks like i need a position in dia um, i'm gonna take a look at these really quick Let's pull back a little bit from that high there. So looks like the high was 365, pulled back to around 355 right now. 
Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do on that one. I guess I can kind of go on either way on that one since it did pull back a little bit. Um, also, EEM, I think that's emerging markets. Um, probably going to sell a put there. And then EWU, that is the United Kingdom ETF. That one's pretty low priced. I think I'm going to sell a put there. And then also EWY. What is this one? South Korea or something? Yeah, South Korea ETF. Man, they're beat down pretty good. Uh, probably going to go put there um, or put spread there on EWY. And then my trusty uh, FXI, China Large Cap. Man, that thing has been, it got beat down pretty good there for a while, but still that thing has made me a lot of money this year. So I'm probably going to go out and sell another put. Uh, let me see. What about that Indonesian internet or whatever you were getting into? Uh, that thing. I think probably ripped back nicely. And if I would have just rolled out, I probably would have been fine. That one was, uh, yeah, that China Internet ETF. <laughs> I'm going to look that up now. Uh, yeah, FXI, the pretty good bleed out. Kind of found that bottom around 37, 38. Now they've really just kind of consolidated and they're going sideways. So, yeah, I'm probably going to sell another put on FXI because that thing has been a moneymaker. And let me check on the China Internet ETF. Uh, KWEB, I think it was. Of course, they started consolidating and just go sideways after that huge move. So they went all the way from 105 to 43. Go and now they've been just, yeah, that was an ugly move down. And now they've kind of, looks like they found a bottom and started to uh, consolidate there. And then, um, so that's definitely for my monthlies. For my weeklies, I think I would send a message to you about it. I'm going to start, usually what I've been doing on my weeklies is looking at tickers uh, on Monday that are making big moves in either direction and the stuff that's ripping higher uh, sell calls on for that Friday and the stuff that's dying off hard sell puts on. Um, but I'm actually, I think I'm going to go further out and I'm going to look at stuff on the daily that is already oversold or overbought. So it's been like overextended for a longer period of time. Um, so I think I'm gonna use those scanners tomorrow and just uh, stuff that's ripping. I just pulled up a scan right now, RSI greater than 80 on the daily. And I think I've got minimum volume of like 100,000 or something and uh, minimum price of a hundred bucks. But one thing that got me last week that's on this list is Dollar Tree. LTR. So I'm probably going to sell another call spread on them because they, you know, blew through one of my call spreads uh, this past week and they're apparently greater than 80 on the RSI. <laughs> so I'm probably going to go after them. Um, and there's didn't, a some, did, mm -hmm. didn't some dude put some crazy uh, price oh, target on them? That's why oh, they rip like that? I think it was Wells Fargo. They just upped them to like 185. I don't know, something really high. And I'm like, you guys couldn't have did this the following week. Oh, they got earnings on the 23rd. I bet they dumped super hard. Mm, yeah, that would be nice if I could get in another spread before they release. But yeah, they're on some like stupid run right now. So um, yeah, I'm going to go call side there. And then I did another... Uh, one for the stuff that's beat down. Um, and yeah, I think I've quite a few things up there as well. Let me see here. 
Yeah, good list came up. And a few that burned me this past week actually were on there. Um, U, I think UPST was, yeah, UPST is on here with their massive dump and their massive move down. And then PayPal is on there, of course. Another <laughs> trade that burned me this week was Splunk, SPLK. Um, so yeah, they're below 30 on the RSI on the daily. So yeah, there's a few things in here that I'm going to be Disney's on there as well. Roku had a big move down. Um, so yeah, there's a few things here. I think I'm going to tomorrow uh, make some trades off of these scanners. Nice. All right, I just had a couple, and they're both bearish. Uh, the first one is WDC, which is Western Digital. Playing this thing uh, bearishly, I think they're going to freaking start dumping from here. If they're lucky, they'll stop at 52. I don't think they are. I think they're going to come test that like 49, that like $50 level. Mm -hmm. uh, just everything in the chart is telling me they're going to start dumping. And there's another one, highly contentious, which is Apple. And yeah, they're on that overbought scanner on the daily, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so I did a video on the FANG stocks, and I was looking at it, and I'm like, man, I got this trend line drawn, and I had to pull up the weekly to get it. But if you go right before they did the split on, what was it, 8-31-2020, they made this super high, uh, massive wick sticking out. If you draw the line from there to another high they made on... Uh, January 25th of 2021 and just have it extend to the right. Mm -hmm. It's played off of that one more time and we are right at it. And if you're looking at the weekly chart, this week is a ridiculous rip up to that trend line. <laughs> so uh, like when I was doing the Fang video, I was like, man, every indicator I'm looking at is telling me this thing is keep going to keep ripping. But I think it, after I looked at it, uh, every time they went up to that trend line, the indicator was saying the same thing. Oh, man, this thing's on a massive rip. It's going to keep on ripping. Mm -hmm. And then it hit that trend line, and then the indicator tells you it's dying because it does. So I think Apple's going to eat crap this week, dude. I think <laughs> Monday, <laughs> it's not quite to that trend line. It's very, very close. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking maybe Monday they make a very small move higher, and then it's just selling from there. Yeah, you know what? I did see them. I'm pretty sure. Let me see. Pretty sure they're on that overbought scanner. Uh, they well, got Look at that freaking wick on the or that candle on the weekly chart. That is ridiculous. Yeah, that's where I noticed them too. And you know what? I was thinking the same thing. Call. I'm gonna sell a call spread. <laughs> yep. God, I'm gonna check the pricing on Monday, but I'm gonna see what the at the money calls are selling for. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. All right, man. Those are the only uh, two that I was looking at. All right, cool. Um, I did have some website news. I haven't... Uh, everything's uploaded. I haven't made the pages live yet, but I've uploaded a bunch of new uh, indicators that I was working on or uh, slightly modified other... Uh, like right now, uh, I have a TTM squeeze and MACD indicator that I have on my charts. And it's just in one indicator, so it takes up less space. Uh, that's uploaded. I just got to put it live and then a couple other things. But 
there's quite a few new things I put over on the website. So uh, probably by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be live. So if you head over to wstrades.com, you can check it all out if you use uh, Thinkorswim. All right. Did you have anything else, man? Um, Nope. That's it for me. All right. We'll see you on the next one. All right, man. Catch you later. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos. You can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to WSTrades.com. Thanks again.